Welcome to Unfiltered. This is a brand new podcast where we will be discussing different issues that women face in the creative industries with the aim to problem solve slash make our way towards a better, more equal future. And it's brought to you by two fierce, fabulous female creative <laughs> groups um, called We Are Outspoken and Women Unlimited. Here today we have Bethan, Charlotte and Emily from We Are Outspoken and Sveta and Sioni from Women Unlimited, which we'll talk about in a bit more detail at the end of the podcast. The theme for our first podcast is all about value, both our value as a woman in the creative industry and how we can add value, but also our monetary value. Yeah, the podcast is here just to bring an open and honest space for people to share their experiences and start and to learn from each other yeah learn from each other and start the conversations that we're probably too scared to talk about elsewhere and discuss things um as they are Mm. so that people listening to the podcast can um a not feel lonely (laughs) b feel that you know everyone's kind of been there and then learn i mean like we said we, we learn every day from everybody, mm. whether they're junior or senior and likewise. And it's, it's just refreshing to hear other um, women's stories. Yeah, and I think, you know, knowledge is power. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we are communicating to you guys today that if I had known that at the start of my mm. career, it would have actually, you know, probably maybe helped me along and maybe got to, you know, a high salary quicker. It's just a nice way to actually share stories with each other and say, look, this is, you know, these are these are things that happen. We do negotiate when we get into a job, but do we, um, uh, is it harder negotiating when you're asking for a pay rise? I actually negotiated my salary before I'd even started. Okay. And I had obviously had no experience because this is my first job. Um, but I just felt like what I was being offered wasn't, enough for what it was but then I they were like okay well we can't do anything now but wait write out your probation and then we'll have a conversation so then I managed to actually get a pay rise four months in um and now I'm actually trying to go through the process now of asking for a pay rise okay that's I think that's brilliant it is it's yeah put timelines because yeah. it's a timeline for yourself and a timeline for them to say look I think I can do this okay I understand that at this point in time for various reasons you can't give me what I'm wanting but I do believe this is what I should be getting how about we set a timeline I've got three months or four months you can see how we go and then let's review it again and I think that's a that's a healthy way for both parties to sort of being able to review and do things yeah and I think now now it's a year on since I had that pay rise. I've sort of increased in value for the company and I'm sort of owed a pay rise. Like I deserve it and I, they, they can see that I've earned it. Okay. So you can sort of justify it in a better way. I think it's hard though with your first job, isn't it? Because you do just, you're so desperate for a job that you just want to take the first offer that comes at you. But sometimes they can, not that people use that to their advantage, but it's tricky to know the benchmarks and what you're worth and stuff often in this industry I think there's kind of the saying isn't it that if you want a pay rise you go into another job that's what we got told a lot but I think it would be good to learn more about how to once you're in a company to negotiate yeah a pay rise that's I stuff that anything. I would want to learn yeah I yeah. got a clue when I started I as soon as I had the offer through I was emailing everyone I could to find out what the expected starting salary should be for somebody because yeah. you just don't 
you haven't got a clue. No one teaches you it in uni. No. No, and that brings um, us to the point that major players and other, you know, um, companies do do salary surveys. So there is a broad benchmark in terms of what salaries should be, and I think they do it by region as well. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, major players last year launched this at the Creative Equals Rise Conference, um, where they were urging employers to actually pay the candidate what they're worth rather than asking the candidate what salary they have been on. Yeah. And they discouraged them to uh, look at their previous salary and just say, this is a candidate in front of you, interview them, and then tell me how much do you think they're worth. Um, and I think that's a good way to sort of see and gauge where you think you would be. Um, and I think, um, yes, of course, when you jump from one agency to another, you do have negotiating power and you can get a pay rise, but it's not always the best way to do it. No, for Because sure. sometimes you may be quite happy in an agency that you want to be in, or this is where you see yourself for various reasons, but you want to grow there. Yeah, for you sure. You know, sometimes just jumping very quickly is not good enough either because you've, you've jumped around too much. Yeah. Um, and you're not allowing yourself to settle or learn. So I think that's quite an important thing to... Um, be armed with sort of negotiating skills in, in that way. So one of the agencies I worked in, um, I went in fully knowing that I had started off being paid a bit less, but I was told that that was the case because there was no money then, but nothing happened six months, almost a year into the business. And I just felt that I needed to ask for a pay rise. And I just thought maybe I do it in a creative way rather than making it very awkward for anybody or for myself. Not that I didn't have the confidence, but I just wanted to do it in a nice way. And um, I saw the stylist magazine had on the front cover, it said, women need a penis to get more money. And I thought, brilliant, this is amazing. So I made another mock-up of a magazine. I took that cover. And um, I um, printed out all the work I had done in that two years, um, all the regular jobs, the day jobs that I was doing. I also printed out um, things that I got appreciation that I had got from the client and some of it was directly to me. Um, and I printed all of those things out. So I d did it in a very logical way. It's like I am asking for something because I have actually performed. And um, Siona and I were talking about this earlier mm -hmm. and um, we were saying that a lot of creative directors are time poor. And although you think that they are hands-on, sometimes they don't know what all you're doing because they are so busy running around doing some... Their they, job. They, their okay. job, yeah. they forget. So it's a nice reminder to actually put things in front of them. And so when I actually went in with this and I said, you know, um, can I have two, two minutes with you? And, and there was an absolute shock on his <laughs> face obviously but with that shock I could see admiration because he was like wow you've done this in a clever way and um, there was no way to hide for him and I think I gave him ammunition to actually take that to the higher powers to say look this woman has, has asked for more money but she's asking for more money because of all this so he did come back to me I got 10 grand more and he did come back to me saying, actually, you made my job easier. It was easier to ask for that because it's all there. And I gave him enough proof. And there were a few things that he'd forgotten or a few things where he'd not been around or somebody else had done. So it just was a really nice sort of complete picture. Maybe it's a nice way to, you know, let go of the fear yeah. and think creatively, but also keep that... Um, I don't think logic's the right word, but it's more like the 
these are facts. These are things you've worked on. And I think I? what you've done, you know, creating that list, I've actually, in the last probably 10 years, I keep a daily list of the bigger and smaller achievements I accomplish when I'm working because you forget actually a lot of stuff you do because you're just going, 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 trying to get work done. So I save that. I make notes for myself, even feedback from clients. I just copy the email and put it in. So because I'm, I want to be prepared for when I want to go and, you know, when you have your appraisal or when you want to go for a, a pay rise, mm -hmm. you've got a bank actually of uh, ammunition, yeah, proof points that you can then bring to yeah. the table. Because but you forget a lot. Yeah, but I think it's also uplifting. To... Yeah, I think that's a really nice idea because often you do forget you forget what you're doing detail. and you, you really always do. focus on the negatives rather than focusing on the good yeah. stuff that you've done so yeah. then even like the tiny little comments will then give you a bit of self-value within the company and it yeah. all adds up it's yeah. never one thing it's usually a chain of things yeah i do want to just go quickly back though to the way you asked for a raise and just put a question out there which is do you think that men who are on the same level as you do you think they put that much effort into asking for a pay rise beforehand or do you think that they didn't quite have to compile as much work as evidence because it seems like it, I mean it was a really clever idea and it was a great but the fact that that article said if you want to have more money you need to have a penis do you think that that is more easy yeah I think generally I mean men get hired on potential women get you know hired on kind of you know evidence and proof points so there's definitely a difference there I think for some reason there's a confidence there i think that they just they know they, they they'll just ask and see where where it gets them and maybe women are maybe a bit more modest or something i don't know what that maybe is we but think it a bit more than always yeah it's not the expectation is not there to be out there because it's maybe seen as a bit aggressive mm -hmm. and a very assertive and that's you know not necessarily seen as a positive yeah. Uh, quality in women so you know it might stop women i don't know if there's also a sense of entitlement that you know i'm a yeah, man and I, I i i am doing this and i should be getting this I kind of this, money yeah. i deserve this kind of money my situation was slightly different because when i got hired i knew that what i was taking a bit less for various yeah. reasons so that was slightly different um i think um i've also spoken to people who've been in similar situations where if there's a boy-girl team and the man's getting paid more and realizes that the woman is being paid less, he has spoken up mm. and gone to his boss and said, I do not think this is fair. Men have to also get involved in the dialogue today. Sure. Even if you're working with another woman or if you're working with another man and if you feel the man is for whatever reason has been able to negotiate. But if you are in if you are doing exactly the same thing as a team then I think you have to have that mutual respect. I think it's more not just on you to be able to ask for more money. I think um, we should get men get involved allies. in the dialogue and say, look, you know what? I think it's not fair that she's not getting the same thing. And I think that should that should also be, um, you know, made a part of things. So, you know, maybe, maybe you open up a dialogue with your partner. I think it's hard to know, isn't it? Because it's kind of a taboo subject to ask. Yes. And I think... Because I've, I've thought that many times in my career. It's like, I wonder what that guy is earning. You know, I'm just saying, and you just don't ask. It's very it's a very touchy subject. And I think maybe we should. Maybe we should ask and just go, you know, over a pint. Yes, go definitely. and say, you know, look, you know, I don't want to be per get per personal, but, 
you know, I get a sense that maybe the salaries are not equal. You know, this is why discussions like this are so interesting because we, I started quite recently, I started four or five months ago, and I remember that there was a point where we were all kind of, me and Em, we've got the same experience level, and we were talking about this, and we found out that there was a five grand discrepancy on how much I get paid compared to how much Em gets paid. Mm. And we would not have known that had we not been open about it. And actually, I don't think it's something that we should be ashamed about because it's just money Mm. at the end of the day. It doesn't seem arrogant. You're not saying, oh my gosh, look how much I earn. I don't think it defines you either. No, it's just... it shouldn't. Hey, here's where I'm at. Where are you at? Let's just touch base and make sure that we are on the same kind of level because that's what fairness is. And I, I read this really interesting thing the other day that was all about um it was from dear adland which is when people share their stories and it was from someone who um had seen all the company data and had found out that in all departments men were being paid more than women but they couldn't come forward because of confidentiality um and they were making the point that actually if people were just transparent about it it wouldn't be such a problem and not only it really serves the company that you're working for or if people are quiet about it like it becomes more of a problem as well because people don't talk about it if yeah. everyone was open then there would be nothing to hide and there would be no nothing to be not ashamed of but it would just be open and you'd know where people stand and mm. I, I I don't think that there can be bad things to come from being no I think it's quite healthy to do that I think so many times I've heard oh so and so is earning this much and so and so is earning that much but the so and so has always been a man and I've never, ever heard um, so-and-so woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but equally, I think we should definitely get all the sort of men involved as well to actually stand up for their partners and, and say... Be on our side. Yes, oh, definitely. They definitely, because I think um, that's a respectful working relationship. It's to... like the chat. when you, If you're in a partnership, <laughs> you have the money chat and you just touch base and check you're on the same. Because I was with a... Um, with a guy in a creative partnership in my last place. And we did have a moment where we thought, actually, we do need to just check that we're being paid the same. And we had the chat. And it was all good. We were on the same page. But, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes you get cases where that that isn't happening. And Mm -hmm. it is important. We didn't even consider it, really. So when I started working with my male copywriter now, he had already worked at the agency for a while and I joined afterwards. Um, both at similar experience levels and we didn't discuss it because I suppose one because it's a new relationship so you're learning to work together and work is the focus so you're not even thinking about you know are we on the same level here Um, and I think there's just an assumption that you are so then I found out quite a lot later down the line that there was like a six grand difference between what I was earning compared to what my teammate was earning for essentially the same work, the same experience level, which both of us were rightly shocked at. And um, we were talking to some recruiters at the time and we both disclosed what we were earning and she was really shocked and was like, why Why are you not on the same? Um, which has been rectified, yeah. but a lot of that is through, you know, it's, it's more that I have proven my worth in terms of, you know, what I'm bringing to the table, the fact that I'm leading pitches, that kind of thing anyway, and yet there's still a £500 difference in what we earn. Imagine if you hadn't averted. Yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. But I think that's why 
things like this podcast are so important because I think all of us around the table now have just learned along the way you know I have learned that now through experience but yeah. I think when you're armed with this knowledge it, it puts you on the front foot much earlier on in your career and I think it's also I think I mean we touched on that earlier where you know when you start again your career what you were saying that's you know, you're so desperate to get in and to have that. It's kind of just holding off just a little bit, just have that patience. Yes. And what's always helped me is to do a lot of research. So finding out like what is what is actually a normal wage on average for this particular position and talk to people and kind of get a sense of what is actually a fair wage for this particular role and then go a bit higher. So you can come down. I mean, somebody told yeah. me that very early on, like always go higher. You can always come down and wages never get negotiated up. I would just say that always ask. At the most, somebody will say no. Yeah. But ask. Because if you don't ask, you don't know. I've had that recently, actually. Somebody come up to me and say, we've got a creative director role and we'd like to interview for that. For that. And they were offering a wage that I thought was you know, not even close to what a creative director... And I was like, no, I'm not even coming for the interview. And then they came back to me and said, oh, um, what do you think is actually a decent wage? And I said, it's this. And then they then have to adjust their, you know, their kind of expectations and kind of their salary. Because I said, you're never going to find a creative director that's going to want to do a creative, very, very kind of responsible job for that kind of money. It's just not going to happen. Um, so you also have to sometimes say no to stuff, you mm -hmm. know, because you, you, you've got to know, you know, what, what is your limit? We had a point that you actually, instead of thinking how to negotiate a better salary, it's about negotiating a better package. Yeah, interesting. Because um, yeah. I've always, um, this is obviously learning through experience, that I feel that it's not all about just that one figure, one number. Ask your employer, what else can I get? If you can't give me, say, if, you, if you're looking for 35 grand, if you're, you're, you're getting 30, so can you do something else for me? Can you pay for my travel costs? Um, can I get some equipment? Can you pay for um, my phone bills? Can you pay for a phone? Can you pay for my, mm -hmm. um, um, you know, laptop, for yeah. example? A training budget, which I've again learned through experience, is very important. Most mm -hmm. agencies have a training budget. A healthy training budget, on average, is usually thousand pounds per person per, um, year. Wow. per year. And I think um, people should go in and say. You know, do I have... So now when I go for an interview or if someone comes to me, I think they're very gend up. Or if I go for an interview, I do ask, do you have a training budget? Because whatever level you are, you should be able to train in stuff um, and say, I have an appetite to attend things. I want to learn things. So I would like to do certain things. So ask for the whole package. I think rather than just saying a salary and then even if... Um, it gives you room to negotiate as well because yeah. well, if you can't give me money, then... What about this? What about that? Yeah. It gives you yeah. way? Yeah. And also then, or if they, you know, if people say, okay, we can only give you this much now, then say, okay, can we put a timeline to things? Can we review this salary in three months time? Can we review it in six months time? Can mm. we review it in a year's time? Because all of those things you are allowing yourself to be, you know, grow into that role and you can see in three months time what you've done. And have it in writing in and case it, the manager moves on. And it's a, it's a more productive way of doing it versus, you know, getting stressed out about yeah. thinking, oh, yeah. you know, I want 30 grand or I want 40 grand. You're not giving that to me. But that's quite a nice way when people think, oh, OK, they are thinking about stuff. Oh, yes, actually, I can find 500 pounds of budget. I will send you to DNAD this year. Or, you know, how about I buy you the whole, you know, annual travel fare? 
that's what we think like asking for a whole package mm-hmm. um, and you could probably think of other things that might help you in the job I think training is a really interesting point actually because I don't think you do consider it when when you're asking for more money you think about yeah. the money but actually we were discussing earlier that training's a massive thing yes because training courses are so expensive as an individual there's yeah. a lot you can do yourself but actually I feel like we should all be asking for more in terms of training from mm-hmm. employers. Yeah. Because it adds and value to you. To absolutely. you and, and, and to the absolutely. company as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like they are benefiting from yeah. you yourself yeah. progressing. But I think training also don't don't get sort of um don't think of training just as hard skills. So you're not thinking about going and learning Photoshop for two days or doing a UX course for two days or a creative writing course. Also think of training as attending events mm-hmm. where you are able to get inspiration, yeah. where you are able to listen to people who um, inspire you. You go for speaker events, yeah. um, you go for a three days of DNAD. If they can't do three days, can I go for a day ask? I've just learned that you've got to ask. At the most, people will say no. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it can be anything. I mean, I've in the past asked to go to New York because I wanted to do a cultural deep dive because I was working on a particular project that required me to understand, like, uh, street culture mm. in, in America. So then, you know, I kind of put a, I put a case together and said, look, I should go and see it firsthand. I mean, we're here in the UK, like, well, you know... Um, and I got approved, you know, I got approval, and I went to New York for a week. That's awesome. So it's it's, but it's kind of it's like what Sveta said. You have to ask for what you want. Yeah. I think you have to have the confidence as well to be able to ask. Otherwise, you're you're not going to get it, are you? Yeah. But you always have to explain and have a rationale yeah, have why this yeah. is adding value to the company mm. and to me. My last agency was actually brilliant at this because they were an experiential agency. They really understood the value of us going out and experiencing things. So they would always encourage us if we had an afternoon spare to go to the Tate Modern or to go to a pop-up experience and they would allow us to do that. And But it makes so much sense, doesn't it? Because we could go experience these things, see what worked for us, see what didn't, yeah. and then come back and come up with some really good ideas based on what we'd seen and be inspired by what they'd seen and they did that really well so it's not like training you would think of in the conventional sense but it was really beneficial for what we were doing well as creatives that's what you need to feed your work isn't it you need to go and experience yeah Yeah, you're not going to be creative sat in an office all day i think part of that as well is being strategic with who you ask sometimes so last year i went to a, a half day conference and rather than going directly to my creative director I knew there were barriers in the way so he was busy on a lot of other things um and also there's a a slight element of if I am asking to go on something what impact does that have on the rest of the department do they then have to be considered for it so me and my copywriter went directly to a woman who's in HR who works on development and manages that aspect so that's more her focus in her job so kind of skipping the middleman so rather than me going to somebody who would then have to ask somebody else who would then have to get it signed off by someone else I went directly to the person who can sign it off straight away and yeah, always go to the person can make the can say yay or nay right yeah. who can actually make the decision I mean ideally that's you know that's the quickest way and you can always kind of inform you know your your creative director or your manager say that just to keep yeah, them in the loop like to... I'm going to go so there's something that's off their plate anyway but then at least they know 
that you're pursuing, you know, you're you're pursuing an idea. That yeah, because they need to sign off the the time out of the office as well. So they obviously need to know it's going yeah, on. Exactly. But just almost making it easier for them to say yes to that decision yeah. if the cost has already been signed off and exactly yeah it's easier for them to ultimately say yes go and do it there was a great tweet by cindy gallup last year who said don't empower me pay me so we wanted to start this off with a bold thing since it's international women's day and we also wanted to give a, a fresh take on conversations that have started to happen in the last couple of years by really being active in the advice that we're giving and the things that we're discussing so it's not just talking about the issues that we're all facing but it's how can we move forward together and how can we face these things and and learn from each other we are spoken has just been founded by um, a group of three of us um my name is bethan my name's charlotte and i'm emily (laughs) (laughs) and we started this um organization because we felt like we wanted to kind of bridge the gap between lots of different speakers who are incredibly inspiring but they're much more experienced in their careers than we are sort of however many years down the line they are um just to have someone who could kind of reassure us that it's all going to be okay <laughs> in the middle bit before that point and tell us the things that we didn't necessarily know when we were starting out that we've literally only learned today. And we're joining forces with Women Unlimited, who are a much more established organisation than we are, to bring you Unfiltered. Women Unlimited um, started two years ago, so we launched two years ago, um, and I think we were possibly the first first and and only only. um, networking platform for women in the uh, creative and marketing industries in the Midlands. And I think the reason we started it, the the four of us um, came from different um, streams within the ad industry, but we just felt that um, we weren't meeting sort of like-minded women. We weren't meeting um, women from... um, like you said, different levels of experience. And um, we we used to sort of meet up and say, where are the women? Yeah, there was no place actually where women could come together and, and meet and share experiences. And, and we felt we needed that. So we, we said, oh, there must be other women out there that yeah, so, feel the same. Yeah, and, and, and we thought we wanted to set this up to sort of um, empower, inspire and nurture. And if you enjoyed listening, please share, tell all your friends, um, get the word out there that this new podcast is here for everyone to enjoy. Yeah. Smashed it. Great. Brilliant. Well done, ladies. Yeah.